Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. Bringing you the latest from the world of sports, DFS, and gambling. With over five years of hot takes and millions of downloads later, I guess he's been doing something right. Now, sit back and listen to one of the sharpest minds in the game. Here's your host, Dwayne Callender. All right, folks, I'm just going to be coming out and say it. This is probably one of the least impressive playoff rosters overall in terms of the team compositions that we've seen in quite some time. The NFL has their postseason rosters uh, and team set. Let's be honest, there's not a lot to celebrate here, but we got to cover it and we got a bunch of games to dive into. So let's just start breaking it down. I'm going to go into the AFC side because I'm, you know, it's by far the weaker conference. So let's just be honest and lay out the matchups for what they are. And then we'll cross over to the NFC side and I'll give my overall thoughts on the playoff picture itself. First off, we have the Steelers. Odds of... Winning the Super Bowl plus 15,000. That's right. If you bet a hundred bucks and the Steelers win the Super Bowl, you win $15,000. I really want to make myself perfunctorily clear to Steelers fans complaining about Mike Tomlin being their coach. Get over yourselves. You had Kenny Pickett, Mitch Trubisky, and Mason Rudolph as your quarterbacks. This was never going to look even remotely coherent. Yes, you made a bad pick with uh, uh, Kenny Pickett. And yes, the fan base demanded that Kenny Pickett get drafted. And this is why you don't listen to fans. Because half the time, most of you can't even objectively evaluate even minor decisions, let alone major decisions like the quarterback position. So yes, the Steelers find themselves at a crossroads where realistically, T.J. Watt's injured, their defense is going to have to get rejiggered, and they're a 9.5 point underdog to the Bills going to Buffalo. Now, on the flip side, the Bills, by virtue of Miami choking, and the Bills end up as the two seed. 
Let me be perfunctorily clear. No team in the AFC is on the level of the Ravens. It's really not that close. Now, could the Ravens still find a way to choke? Absolutely. Do I think any of these AFC teams are anywhere remotely close enough to being a championship quality team? Absolutely not. With the slight exception to the Browns because of the defense. That's literally the only team I can actually consider warranting even a mention of winning the Super Bowl. The issues with the Bills are numerous. Josh Allen's mechanics are atrocious. The decision-making process might actually be worse than his mechanics right now. The issue for Allen is the fact that since Brian Dable has left, he has regressed tremendously. He is His discord with Stefan Diggs is so blatantly apparent at this stage that the only thing they can hope for is a splashy throw here and there, and they're trying to run with him more often, but every time they give him the option of throwing the ball, there's a very realistic chance he's throwing a pick, and it's not close. So yes, even though the Bills rattle off a bunch of wins, half half of the time, it's through the fact that guys are making plays in spite of him, and the fact that Truth be told, this is such a weak year for the NFL in general because of injuries. This is what we're left with. So yes, the Bills should win this game. Do I think a 9.5 spread makes even a lick of sense? No, it's a horrendous line. The Steelers could easily cover this line. And truth be told, you might as well tease the Steelers side of this uh, matchup the the way it is currently as we stand Sunday night with this being 9.5. I think there's steam going to be coming on the Steeler side of this eventually to bring the line down, but I could easily see the public just starting to uh, ride the, the Bills train here, but I I really don't see how this line makes a look of sense at 9.5. Uh, you know, maybe people get caught up in the narrative about the Bills. This is a terrible line. Are we actually trusting the Bills to win a game by 10 points? Is this is this where we're actually going with here? No. As bad as it is with Mason Rudolph as QB, the Steelers have enough weapons on offense that they should be able to score points against the Bills and run the ball and throw the ball on the Bills secondary. This is not a straightforward game as people would make it out to be. So, truth be told, I expect the Bills to win. Would it shock me if the Steelers won this game? Absolutely not. It it really would not even remotely surprise me for my initial thoughts. You know, again, that's just the way it's lining up. Like, this is not a straightforward matchup, as uh, people may make it out to be. Next up. The Dolphins, who fumbled away the AFC East and now have to go on the road to play the Kansas City Chiefs in Arrowhead. The Chiefs and their broken offense with Matt Nagy as offensive coordinator. You know, it's funny because this whole time, 
when the Chiefs were on this run with Eric Bieniemy as offensive coordinator, Andy Reid got all the credit for his play calling. Now when the Chiefs are struggling to generate offense, it's not on that Matt, uh, Andy Reid's play calling. It's about Matt Nagy and uh, getting uh, getting the offense in a good spot. I, I love how like that dynamic changed on a dime. You know, it's just... It is what it is with the Chiefs. You know, the offense is a mess. The defense has been strong. Miami has not beaten a good team all year. Well, they beat the Cowboys once when the Cowboys just... <laughs> uh, that Cowboys game, I, I laugh at that, how that game played out. But realistically, this has been a disaster year for the Dolphins. Truth be told, because... They they played this entire year as front runners, got in a situation where it was a one and done game against the Bills, and played one of the most uninspiring games imaginable when Josh Allen was throwing the ball to them repeatedly and tried to give the game away to them, and they still couldn't win at home. I, I'm sorry, the Chiefs being a three and a half point favorite seems light, except for the fact that. The Chiefs offense has been so lackluster at times. I have no idea what to make of the Chiefs. Like, do I expect Kansas City to win this game? Yes. But do I expect the Dolphins to lose this game (laughs) instead of the Chiefs winning it? Yeah. So, to me, this is not a case of I expect the Chiefs to play well enough to cover. I expect Miami to shoot themselves in the foot enough times to allow Kansas City to cover. So, from this standpoint, you know, I don't love I don't love the line for the Chiefs, but I hate the Miami side of the equation. Miami has shown themselves of who they are. They are a team that beats on bad teams. You're in the playoffs now. You're not facing awful teams. You may face one or two bad teams, but technically, you're the bad team in in, in the mix now because you can, because you couldn't take care of business against the Bills. Now you actually have to play an average to above average team. And the Chiefs right now are slightly above average. Which is kind of crazy to say considering they have Patrick Mahomes. But the offense is struggling so much because of the complimentary pieces. And the elephant in the room that nobody wants to talk about. But I will say it. Travis Kelsey is washed. Travis Kelsey at this stage is looking closer to where Gronk was when he came back to play for Brady when he was on the Buccaneers. Kelsey is not moving nearly as well as you would expect him, even to what he was last year. And I kept waiting for this to turn around this year, and I don't know what the particular injury is or the impairment, uh, whether it's the ankle, whether it's the hip, but Kelsey cannot get separation anymore. And with the Chiefs offense struggling the way it is with some of these other players trying to make plays and being utterly incapable of doing so, Kelsey has to bust the zone. And he is struggling mightily to do so. So is he saving up enough gas in the tank to try to do it? I've been telling myself that for about five weeks now. But... I am at the point where I just have to just call for what it is. Kelsey's washed. 
He can prove me wrong in the postseason, but I am okay with losing money on that on that bet. I, I just don't see it with the Chiefs this year. But, like I said, I got no modicum of expectations for the Dolphins. So, the Chiefs will get by this game. We'll see how the rest of the season plays out for them uh, now that we're in the postseason. All right. Next up. Browns and Texans. Man, you know, I love C.J. Stroud. But literally, his entire team is injured. (laughs) He has one receiver in Nico Collins. You're going up against the best defense in the AFC in the Browns. Because that's literally what we have. We have the best defense. I know the Steelers are gonna and their fans are gonna get mad about me saying best defense is the Browns. The Browns did have the best defense. Let, let, let's just be honest. Uh, like across the board, yes, we know TJ Watt probably should win NFL MVP over Miles Garrett. Yes, I, I will freely admit that. Like the idea that Miles Garrett is NFL uh, defensive MVP over TJ Watt is kind of laughable. In my opinion. But that being said, the Browns defense is better than the Steelers. It is what it is. Now, C.J. Stroud basically is down Tank Dell. uh, Lost uh, lost Noah Brown. Lost uh, Schultz got a little bit banged up in, in the game as well. He doesn't, like Robert Woods was out. C.J. Stroud is down so many weapons. This game looks very, shapes up very similar to when they had to play the Jets and everyone got hurt. And that was the game Stroud got the concussion. Now, granted, they're at home. And so this line, Browns on the road, two and a half point favorites against uh, the Texas as a home underdog. I know people are going to get sucked in saying, oh, it's a home underdog. The two and a half points is a bit disrespectful. It depends on how many points the Texans could actually score. Because the Browns offense, as much as Joe Flacco is prone to imploding, the Browns offense should be able to score the ball, uh, score the ball against the Texans. With dump-offs, passes down the field, realistically... There's more than enough opportunities to get uh, to get it taken care of. Now, with that being said, this is more than comical that we're even seeing the Texans in this spot. This was supposed to be the Jags. The Jags fumbling the bag in the game we said they were gonna <laughs> we were we, we thought they were gonna struggle. The Jags were supposed to be hosting this game. The Texans hosting this because they won the AFC South uh, is comical. But that's what we have. That's the only reason why this is a Texans home game. This has no uh, no business being in, in Houston. But that being said, the Browns are a demonstrably better team than the Texans are at this point. If the Texans had all their if the Texans had all their weapons healthy. With Tank Dell, this would actually be closer to a Texans minus one spot. I would give the Texans at least the idea that they could be slightly favored by a point instead of a pick'em. 
That's literally it. Everything else has just gone so sideways for uh, the Texans. I I think the Browns are going to blow them out. Just truth be told, I'm I'm struggling to see where the Texans are going to find the points against Cleveland. Try to throw the ball. I I don't think it's a great matchup, and I don't think it's a great matchup running wise either for the uh, for uh, Houston trying to run the ball against uh, Cleveland. You know they're they're pretty solid against the run. They're better against the pass and tight ends. Like everything that Houston wants to do, Cleveland's pretty good at shutting down. I I just think it's a terrible matchup for the Texans in general. So. That is the AFC as it stands for the playoffs uh, uh, with that 4-5 matchup. So we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back after this with uh, the NFC. And I'll be perfectly honest. I'm not thrilled with the NFC matchups either, but I think the AFC matchups are pretty clear-cut to tell. So... Uh, yeah, we'll be back after this. Don't go anywhere. The Fantasy Throwdown Podcast will be right back after our sponsors pay the bills. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Welcome back to the show. Hope you got your popcorn ready. All right, let's get into the NFC side of the bracket. The 7-2 matchup, realistically, could Dallas stub their toe against Green Bay? Dallas, 7.5 point favorites. I honestly think the line's kind of low. What Green Bay wants to do is stretch the field and throw the ball around the field. What Dallas wants to do is ball hawk and and pick off those passes. Could I see Green Bay putting on a case where Dallas is in trouble? No. I could see Dallas over being overconfident and uh, gambling too much and having Green Bay score some touchdowns that they don't deserve. But in terms of the matchup, Green Bay's wide receivers have been banged up. Unless Christian Watson is actually playing, 
Green Bay is going to have a lot of issues matching up with Dallas. They need Christian Watson to be able to play. And essentially, Aaron Jones to be effective. Aaron Jones has been kind of mid... Uh, it's it's kind of hard to like give a real assessment of Green Bay because, you know, the wins have... I mean, they've won, but I'll be perfectly honest, it's not as though they've been world beaters. You know, they've they've just gotten the job done. Now, the thing of the thing of it I would say about and Aaron Jones did uh get over a hundred yards uh today against uh the Bears. I would say by and large the Packers have been successful when they've been able to get Aaron Jones on the ground, bunch of carries, get him 20-plus carries, and just let uh, the play action work for Jordan Love. Because the fact of the matter is, Jordan Love thinks he's a lot better than he actually is. Uh, from the way he kind of carries some of his interviews, uh, he thinks he's him. He's clearly not. I would say he's a clear step behind of of a CJ Stroud. You know who he reminds me of in terms of how he looks at times, where he absolutely needs to play action to work. He reminds me a lot of Trevor Lawrence. And again, I am not a Trevor Lawrence guy. <laughs> I, 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 and I, the lack of development in Trevor Lawrence is a big reason why Jacksonville is staying home this year. So to me, this entire game is predicated on. Can Green Bay establish the run and just try to do play-action passes? Because that's all they live off of. If they can't get the play-action pass going, they are not going to be able to hang around against Dallas. It's really that clear-cut. Now, could Dallas shoot themselves in the foot, turn the ball over, be reckless with it? Yeah, certainly. There's no question about that. Can Mike McCarthy make boneheaded decisions? Absolutely. No doubt in my mind whatsoever Mike McCarthy uh, can blow it. But even with all that and Dallas not doing what they need to be doing, they are still prohibitively better than the Packers. That's just the reality of the situation. The Packers have such little margin for error in this game that even at a a 7.5 spread, I still have a tough time not seeing Dallas cover that. Like, the Packers would have to play a perfect game to win based off of the style of play that they want to do because that's what the Cowboys are built to shut down. And being at home in on the, on the, on the grass, this is going to be a very interesting game because I want to see how mature Dallas is about being a prohibitive favorite because this should be a cakewalk matchup for the Cowboys. I want to see how they handle this week of uh, practice uh, to get a guy to go through because this is the this this is literally getting served uh, served up a perfect matchup on a on a silver platter for the Cowboys. They should be able to ball hawk against Jordan Love because he's going to throw it up there anyway, and I think they should be able to win most of the matchups against uh, the Packers receivers. They're good, but the Cowboys DBs are better. So, it's a bad matchup for the Packers. Similar to the Texans, except I think 
the Packers supporting cast is so much significantly better than the Texans staff. It's just that, you know, the Texans have the better QB. That's really what it comes down to. Next up, and the game that people are going to get wrong the most. The Lions are three and a half point favorites against the Rams. And I'm going to say point blank. The Rams, I think, are pretty clear cut to win this game. I, you know, I look at this matchup and I I laugh at this one because the wrong team is favored. And I know the Ram, uh, uh, the Rams are the road team. The Rams have two receivers that are significantly better than the DBs on the Lions. They have a pass-catching running back who's also uh, good in between the tackles, which the Lions struggle against. The Lions are not good at stopping the run, nor are they good at stopping the pass. The uh, the Rams have a still a stud defensive tackle in Aaron Donald, who is significantly capable of blowing up interior linemen. To me, this is a weird game because as much as, and I know where the stats are going to say that the the Detroit Lions are good at stopping the run on certain plays. You can beat the Lions, uh, you can still beat the Lions on stretch run. So they've had their struggles uh, with stretch running plays, and that's the other reason why. They struggle in the passing game because if you can you can get them guessing on certain pass plays, you can de- you can definitely run on them. This is a bad matchup for the Lions, and what the Rams can do is also stop the run. I think this game really realistically comes down to can Jared Goff sack up, be able to play with pressure in his face because the Rams are gonna be able to bring pressure. Up the middle against the Lions. It's going to come down to, can Jared Goff get it done? And frankly, I would rather trust Stafford than Goff in this situation. I think this is a bad matchup for Goff. I don't, you know, this broke poorly for the Lions. And the fact that Detroit played their starters maniacally and still insisted on keeping... Matt LaPorter out there only for him to sprain his uh, knee. We don't know what his status is going to be because it's a Sunday game. But chances are LaPorta is not going to be 100% even if he can go. They may have to hold him out. That was one of their weapons that they needed to use against the Rams. Because the Rams are not good against tight ends. And so you lost one of your most strategic weapons against the Rams. Yes, the Rams can blow coverages over the top, but the Lions are a worse secondary over the top against wide receivers. To me, a track meet favors the Rams. A lower scoring game still favors the Rams because I I honestly think uh, the Rams can play ball possession far better than uh, the Lions will be able to because of Cooper Cup uh being able to just get the yardage whenever needed, I, I think. I think uh, as if uh, Cup got a full uh, full week of rest, he's going to be ready to go for the postseason. They're uh, Stafford and Cup are going to carve up the secondary. Like, 
to me, this this one, you know, I, I think the wrong team's favored. I, I can't wait to see this game. I, I want to see the Lions prove it to me because, to me, they got the worst matchup possible in the first round, and I think the Rams will knock them off. I, I really don't think this game, uh, like I said, the wrong team's favorite here, but I'm gladly going to be able to take plus money on the Rams this week. Uh, and then... We have the Eagles and what's left of their team because A.J. Brown injured his knee against the Giants. Devonta Smith has been uh, has been out. Jalen Hurts banged up his finger. The Eagles, two-and-a-half-point favorites on the road against Tampa Bay. And B- the fighting Baker Mayfields. Uh, Baker Mayfield, the very definition of mid in the NFL. Listen, this is not to say things nice about Tampa Bay because I want vertical passing games against Tampa. It makes the most sense to have a vertical passing game against Tampa because you are most likely to be optimal. The issue with the Eagles is A, Hurts hurt his throwing hand. B, all of his throws since he hurt his throwing hand against the Giants looked awful. C, we don't know what... uh, the status of A.J. Brown is going to be <coughs> and nor Devonta Smith. We have no idea what the Philly passing game is going to look like. To me, this early line it screams bet Tampa early. We'll see what the rest of the injury news shapes up to be, but chances are I, I don't see how Philly looks even remotely healthy to play this game Monday night. I mean, that's the only benefit that they have is that they have the extra day compared to everybody else uh, on Monday night in prime time to get ready. So they at least they get an extra day. But that's about it. I, you know, this is, you know, as poor and again, I say this to be perfectly blunt. Baker can look good. Baker can look awful. Baker, the Baker roller coaster will go up and down, up and down, up and down. I have no idea what we're going to get out of Baker Monday night. But what I do know is this Philly team never really peaked and has been on a crash course to a, a playoff a burnout for weeks now. And the issue that I've been saying is the fact that they've been such slow starters and then randomly scrambling to figure out uh, how to win games. And that doesn't really work come postseason. So, yes, they started off 10-1. and They've gone 1-5 since. The issue is pretty clear-cut. Hertz has gotten significantly more banged up as the season's gone along. Philly never gave him any rest. And now everybody's hurt at the same time. I can't wait to uh, hear some of the Philly radio stations this week as to what this team's going to go through. Because this is the reason why we talk about resting starters in games that don't make a ton of sense. When you're a team that's as dependent on certain functionalities as the Eagles are and using the tush-push and things of that nature... You need your team healthy when it counts. 
and they needed to rest guys. They never rested them, and now they've kind of run them into the ground. I I want to see what we get out of Philly, but the truth of the matter is, the the way things are lining up at the moment, this is all Tampa. Tampa as an underdog makes way too much sense. Uh, I definitely want to be able to see if there's any pulse left in the Eagles because I know folks are going to say uh, the the media's uh, media signing off on the Eagles being done is overblown. This is not overblown. This is more of a team that wasn't really won games but wasn't playing well and that catching up to them really hard because I thought this was only going to get found out come the postseason, but the wheels fell off so hard on the Eagles wagon that we're like, we got it in the last month of the year. So again, I thought Philly was going to be right up there with San Fran, uh, competing to win the NFC, but San Fran was in a one spot. Philly was in another and Philly has progressively gotten worse down the line. Now, do I think Detroit or Dallas are serious contenders? Absolutely not. I think it's the San Fran. Like, that's why I said I'm so bored with these matchups because this feels very predictable with how these games are playing out. Um, The Rams game, I expect, as I said, I expect the upset... But to me, it's not an upset. I think the Rams are are objectively a better team than the Lions are. If you if you look at the teams on paper and start look, actually breaking it down, the Rams are the better team. They just happen to play in a uh, tougher division than what the Lions had to go through this year. And I I will call the NFC North fraudulent as a as a division. I don't think they were very good this year at all. And the Lions had a soft schedule. So, that does it for my end. Uh, a quick thoughts on the playoffs. We will be back during uh, the week to start uh, going through <coughs> the uh, NFL uh, DFS plays and lines in detail to see how they develop. But, yeah, just looking at these initial lines, clear, uh, I see clear opportunities here for the Rams. I think you can go on the Buck side as well as a dog. Uh, there, there's more news to drop, but I, I and I think the Browns line is way too low. Uh, the, I think the Browns are going to crush the Texans, but you know that's why we 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 let them all play out because you know you never know where you're going to get surprised. But uh, anyway, that's going to do it for me. Have a good one, folks. Until next time. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all major outlets. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.